is the most demanding environment on earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Nearly all the best things that came to me in life have been unexpected, unplanned by me. Carl Sandberg. The first night we zeroed and it was busy, but it was so my, me and my buddy was like, let's get it. We were heading back out the following night or the following day. She's like, let's get a, this is Rugrat. And he's let's get a hotel room and just have a nice quiet night. And I was like, yeah, sure. So we get this hotel room and then <laughs> no kidding, one o'clock in the morning, SWAT hits the next door room, flashbangs the whole nine. I wake up from a dead sleep with a loud explosion and a woman screaming. I thought the hotel exploded. I go to look out the window and there's a SWAT full up M4 battle rattle. Get down. I was like, oh my, what is happening? I'm laying on the ground. So our nice quiet night didn't end up being so quiet. I'm Doc and this is Hacker Trash Radio. Hey, is this thing on? Hello? Hit it again. I think it's on now. <clears throat> Welcome to Hiker Trash Radio, where each week, Doc will drag some colorful characters out of the woods to talk trail and type 2 fun. If you're aspiring hiker trash, or if you're just looking to understand the hiker trash in your life, look no further. So lace up those boots, gnaw on some jerky, and settle into your 20-mile pace as we fire up the podcast from somewhere deep in the backcountry. 
It's time to embrace the suck. We are stoked to partner with Garage Grown Gear on this episode of Hiker Trash Radio. Garage Grown Gear, or GGG for short, is your online store for all things ultralight backpacking. Dedicated to supporting the growth of small and cottage brands, they've got everything you need all in one place. From ultralight accessories to dehydrated meals to your big three, Garage Grown Gear has everything you need to lighten your load. Based out of St. Paul, Minnesota, GGG is known for its commitment to providing quality ultralight gear, stellar customer service, and free shipping and returns over $40. Welcome back to another week on the trail. Dirtbags, hiker trash, and of course, good smelling day hikers. I'm Doc, and this is Hiker Trash Radio. Hey, if you like what we're doing here, help us out. Take just a minute, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you don't like what we're doing, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. All right, let's get to this week's guest, a through hiker and peak bagger who is also a longtime listener of the show. Welcome to Hiker Trash Radio, Greg McDaniel. How's it going, Greg? Great, Doc. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to tonight. Absolutely. Now, I said a longtime listener. How long have you been listening? It's probably sometime since midway through season two, quite a while. Yeah, midway through season two. I think back in those days, things were a little bit rougher around the edges. Maybe, yeah. I don't know how much polish I have now, but I'm, I'm certainly a little more polished than, sure. I, than I was back then. So I appreciate that you, you hanging in there and listening to the show as it evolved. Yeah, I got to find my way to a trail somehow. Somehow, uh, If I'm not hiking, I want to be thinking about hiking. So that this is very helpful. Okay. Hey, during all those episodes, do you have any favorite guests? Yeah, so I, I like Chardonnay a lot. I like the uh, the Triple Crown like group that you had together. That was awesome. And I just when I was on the long trail a month ago or so, I was li- I listened to Oats and I really liked her. And I, although I at the moment I was on like day three of the long trail and I wasn't agreeing with her assessment of the long trail <laughs> at that time. <laughs> yeah, her, she really had a bubbly personality. It just it really came across in the interview. I thought. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Are you bubbly? No, I don't think so. I'm, I'm pretty uh, optimistic and pretty happy-go-lucky, I think is probably a good term. Okay. Right. Happy-go-lucky. That's going to come across in the interview. I can feel it already. All right. I hope so. Yeah. Now, some people recently have reached out to me and said, you know what? I, I appreciate the legends of the trail that you've had on, the really big names, the people who are doing just crazy, incredible things, but their favorite people on the podcast are the, I'm going to put it, I'm going to use air quotes, the average people, the people that are just like, they feel like they're just like them and they're getting after it out there and doing some pretty cool things. Yeah. I think the, the big names bring you to the podcast and then it helps you discover it. And then you find all these other cool people that are, you know, just everyday people like, like myself. So many stories out there. So many, pe- so yeah, many people absolutely. just doing wonderful things. And it's not only about what they're doing, but it's also the story of how they got to be doing what they're doing. It's yeah. just so interesting to me. Which remind me of the one that you just did with Kelly. I think that was her name from Survivor. Kelly Wiggles. Wigglesworth, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that was awesome. I remember watching that season live because I was in my first duty station. We Every Thursday night, we'd have Sur- Survivor night. We'd get together and drink and watch Survivor. It was so it brought back some memories. 
Same. And I, I am not too proud to admit that I, during that whole episode, I was just fanboying. I was, I couldn't believe I was talking to Kelly Wigglesworth from Survivor. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. That was a good one, too. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. All right. Hey, uh, Greg, in all the time that you've been out on the trail, have you picked up a trail name? I have, yes. Uh, high Profile is the current one. High Profile, and that that's a recent one. Yeah, correct. I was, the on the Colorado Trail, I was Gramps, which started as Pops, but as the trail went on, uh, my body just gave up on me, so I was limping to the finish the last 10 days, so I went from Pops to Gramps. Um, <laughs> so, I was... After this one, we I, I got high prof, high profile, and but from the same hiking family that I was with on the Colorado Trail, and they're like, "All right, you graduated from Gramps. We're going to move you on now." So. Okay, and how old are you, may I ask? Because you don't look like a Gramps. Uh, forty-two. Forty-two. Forty-two in the body of a sixty-year-old. Yeah, at the time for sure. <laughs> I think I got pops generally from my disposition at the time was like that. Get off my lawn, and I also did all the planning for the group, so I was like. We're going collegiate west and going south. And so I was the planner of the group and picking the spots where we're stopping at in towns and stuff like that. So Now, high profile, you, you say you're happy-go-lucky, but get off my lawn. That really doesn't come across as a happy-go-lucky well, saying. Now that I'm a few years out of the military, I think my disposition has changed. A little more lighter. <laughs> got it. Got it. Now, tell us the story behind high profile. How'd you end up with that? It's Really basic, uh, I was, we were sitting around camp one night and we were talking about insoles and my buddy was showing, my buddy Rugrat was showing me his insoles and I was like, no, nah, I think I got the more high profile version and they're like, oh yeah, that's perfect for you because I am definitely bougie. My wife will tell me that all the time that I'm super bougie. So it just clicked instantly and they're like, oh yeah, that's it for you for sure. I guess high profile is better than super bougie. Yeah, yeah. Should, my wife said it should just be bougie, <laughs> but <laughs> I'll take high profile. Now, with your military background, it, it reminded me of a podcast where I was a guest, uh, I don't know, a couple months ago. On Have you heard of uh, Grunt Proof? I haven't, but I heard you talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I went on, the, on their show, and they had two grunts, ex-military guys, who were doing grunt type stuff and they had two backpackers on it was me and uh, eric coleman and it turned i I thought it was just gonna be a friendly show just a nice back and forth but it it quickly turned into what we think backpackers are less than they're not tough they're not (laughs) trail runners why are you wearing trail runners we should be wearing boots who cares how heavy they are and they talk about ultralight looking down their nose because the more you carry the, the the better person you are and so I always, now that I have somebody with some military background on there, in their background, coming on the show to talk to me, I, I should have thought to them, I should have thought at the time to say, hey, let me bring back some guests that I've talked to who I don't think you could call them uh, less than. They're doing yeah. incredible, tough, so such tough stuff out there. Well, I'm always Air Force. We were pretty bougie anyway. Like, <laughs> yeah, I keep to, to my name, I'm going to keep that. And it's a little bit easier of the, at least from a lifestyle and stuff you have to go through for sure. So we didn't do much. I didn't do much hiking and rucking. I, I would be on your side for sure. Nice. Okay. Hey, you've listened to the show for a long time, so you know that we've rebranded. It used to be uh, John Freaking Pod, now we're Hiker Trash Radio. We've also rebranded a number of our sec- segments in the podcast. 
what used to be the pro tip inside of the week is now the hiking hack. And that's where I will turn to you towards the end of the episode, ask you to share some trail wisdom with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better. So don't be surprised when we get there. Roger that. Have you already thought of one? I have, and it's a completely random one too. Okay. All right. Um, it's pretty obscure. But it just happened on the long trail, so it's why it popped in. I was trying to think about why I was out there, and then this happened. I was like, that's really random, but maybe it'll help someone. Nice. Now, so all of you listeners who are thinking, oh, I'm only listening to the first half of this. Now you have to stay for the whole thing to get the to this thing. random, obscure hiking hack. <laughs> yeah, way, way, to, way to bait the hook. I love it. I'm just helping. I'm doing what I can to help. Trailblazers Toolkit. All right, it's time for the Trailblazers Toolkit, sponsored by the Ultralight Backpacking Gear Company, Six Moon Designs. I love to talk about gear as high profile, and I love to hear about the most important item in my guest's adventure gear. So if you were preparing for your next adventure, and I was the one providing you with all your gear, what is the one specific piece of gear you'd insist on being packed? You'd say, hey, Doc, don't forget to pack this. I need this out there. Make sure to give me all the specifics. Tell me why you have to have it out there. And again, this could be any type of item. It could be gear, apparel, luxury item. So high profile, what is that item in your toolkit? I'm actually going to throw a bone to one of your former, I don't know if he's still your sponsor, but one of your former sponsors for sure I know is Jolly Gear, the Sun Hoodie. I absolutely love that thing. I'm a ginger, so protecting the skin. A lot of my hiking has been above tree line and so the long trail, so just the sun just wipes me out and that hoodie sun hoodie has been great it dries quick protects me from the sun i don't feel like worn out i don't have to put sunscreen everywhere i absolutely love that thing i and i'm gonna hope i got another one lined up for my next hike so nice (laughs) he's already throwing out new colors and i keep telling myself every i'm not gonna buy another one and then he starts throwing these colors on Instagram. I'm like, damn it, I'm going to get another one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, he is still a sponsor. We just texted each other the other day because I reached out to him. I've been following his uh, social media, of course, and he's been teasing this new item that's coming out. New colors, new – he doesn't show you the whole – he does not show you the whole product, right? You just have, like, yeah. bits and pieces of it. So I'm like, are you coming out with something new? And he's like, yep, sure am. I'm excited. By the time suck me in for another one. <laughs> yeah, by the time this episode comes out, he will have released the new item. I think it's coming out November first. Right now it is what is it, October twelfth that you and I are talking. So yeah. can't wait to see what that's all about. And maybe we'll do a giveaway in November where it'll be some hiker trash apparel and some jolly gear, the new stuff. And yeah, uh, I'm here for it. See if we can get some excitement <laughs> built up over that. All right. You know what's coming next? It's the hiking pole. It's the hiking pole. And you know what, Greg? That is pole spelled with two L's. Two Two L's. L's. (laughs) Like a survey, not like the thing you hold in your hand out there. And this is a seven-question survey that's going to help me give you a score on the sanity scale, with one being completely insane and 100 being completely sane. There is an automatic 30-point deduction for anybody who's been a listener since season two. (laughs) I thought I was going to get away since I wasn't a, one of the three long trails. I was going to get some extra points, but you got me. I got you. I got you. Maybe you find some bonus points later in the episode, but it's automatic minus 30 to begin with. So your top score right now is 70. Yeah. All right. And I've been changing things up recently. I've got three sets of questions. Do you have a preference as to which set of questions we use tonight? 
I, no, you can mix them. At, I'm good with either. I don't know a lot of the new questions. I'm good anyway. You want to do it? Okay. All right. Let's go with the new questions. We'll go. We'll go with set C. All right. So seven questions. Hiking pole. Here we go. First question: When you're out there with your tramway, what are the top three topics of conversation on the trail? Number one is always going to be food. Always. It doesn't matter. As soon as you get to camp, you're talking about what you're making for dinner that night, what you're going to get to t- when you first get to town, what what are you what food were you thinking about all day that you can't have? It's always the number one topic. And then number two, I think it's you got to go pooping. It's always a hot topic out there. On, am I going to make it? Long trail was sweet because there were so many privies. I got to make sure I hit the privy before we head out. So you're always hoping, talking about specific privies and how good or bad they were, and and then in any unfortunate accidents or someone comes up on you that's a hot topic for the day and then number three is always like the countdown to town like how many miles if we do x miles today x miles tomorrow we can get to town on 10 miles on day three that's and that's honestly like one of my family members her name's townie so she came by that honestly because she is always pushing us to get to town. I'll be like, I think we can get there in four days. She's like, no, we get, we're three days for sure. <laughs> so town is always a hot topic. I think you hit it right on the head on the nail here. Food, poop, and town. Those yeah. are some common topics out there on the trail. And for you day hikers, you good smelling day hikers who are listening in, you've stumbled across this podcast wondering what the heck is this all about? And I know that you have your conversations on the trail as well during your day hikes, but I, I'm pretty sure it's about what's happening next week or the big game coming up this afternoon or something to that effect. But if you're a multi-day, multi-week hiker out there, these are the topics. Food, poop, town. <laughs> Never fails. Never fails. And I, I'm interested also, you mentioned unfortunate accidents like someone coming up on you when you're in, in the middle of your squat. Has, has that happened to you there, high profile? So far, I've been pretty lucky, but Townie is notorious for not getting too far off trail for both number one and number two and has numerous stories. That's why it comes up a lot because she's like, oh, someone walked up. Or if I know she's in front of me, I'm always like paying attention to just, I just need to know that she may be just off trail at any moment. So that's why we love Townie, though. Sounds like we need to have Townie on the podcast. Yeah, she's a riot. Yeah. I've known her. My family, we've been, we just started hiking. Our first trail was 2019, the Colorado Trail, but we've known each other for 10 years from all, and we live in Colorado and Montana now, and, but we met each other in Tampa 10, over 10 years ago and still stay together and now quite a bit of miles together. Yeah. You met each other at flight school? No, just randomly in Tampa. They're not military, just happenstance. Got it. Got it. Now, sometimes you could be, you could think that you're way off the trail but not realize that the trail bends back or, or twists yeah, around a little bit. That, 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 that has happened to me. Yes, it has. Yeah. Oh, didn't, didn't realize there was a, the trail came back this way. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. All right. Oh, that was just question number one. Question number two. Here we go. <laughs> question number two. Best trail name encountered out there? I like Townie, but uh, any others yeah, uh, under, for, for consideration? So, yeah, I wrote down two so I wouldn't forget them from this. I met Captain Underpants. He was a no-bo on the AT, and he hiked in his underpants. So the day I met him, he was literally in underwear and, like, boxer briefs, no shirt. <laughs> he was just cruising. I actually met him on a fire tower 
and he was I was like all right and then I didn't he didn't even tell me his trail name I ran into some AT Soboers shortly thereafter and like did you meet Captain Underpants I was like they didn't have to explain who it was I knew who it was then uh, another lady who was going northbound her trail name was Splash Zone from when she peed the Splash Zone <laughs> So, two good ones that I thought you would enjoy. <laughs> yes, I, I'm sensing a theme for tonight's episode. Yeah, bodily fluids. <laughs> All right, question number three, sticking with the theme. Toilet paper, bidet, leaves, snow, sand, or something else? I am wipes all the way. Wipes? Wipes. Well, yeah, I am wipes all the way. Just, I think it's a quicker process, a clean work. Cleanly, but it's just, yeah, paper towels and hot, and, or uh, toilet paper and hot and sweaty, not a good combination. So I'm team wipe, for sure. Yeah. Sometimes, it's worth the extra weight for me. Sometimes when you're hot and sweaty and you're using paper, and that can get stuck, and then and then you're in a world of hurt. Yeah. Exactly. Then you, you get the trail name that I've heard before, Mr. Poo Pants. So, yeah. yeah, I don't want that one. And I also think the wipes are just... You use you end up using less. I would be afraid I'd have to bring out a whole roll, and then some. Sometimes it doesn't go as fast as you would like on toilet paper. Got and it. It may run out. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. Question number four: Breakfast in camp, on trail, or no breakfast? Recently, I've been a breakfast in camp. I just do like a granola with some dried fruit or something. Just throw. A half cup or a cup of water in there it has it'll have powder like powdered milk in it and then i'll throw that in there as i'm finishing setting or tearing down and packing my pack and then just eat it right as i finish packing and then i'm ready to go and i just it's just recently i've been so hungry so fast that like pop tarts or bars just don't cut it and i do a 600 calorie breakfast and then within an hour and a half i'm ready i'm like ready to go like i need to eat right now again so I just need as much calories as I can. Now, high profile, that sounds almost a little bit like cold soaking. Sometimes I will boil the water and make it hot so it's hot. So ah, good save. Good save. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be looped in that crowd. I know the, I know the point deduction that's coming with that. <laughs> All right, question number five, solo hiking or tramley? I think I already know the answer to this one. Yeah, so it's a tramley for sure. I've, I've mostly hiked with people, but... I will say while we're on trail, we don't hike together. It's we probably had in the 17 days on the long trail, maybe an hour where we were hiking together. Is and that was like the last hour of the trail. We just hey, we're gonna we start in the morning and then we just have nowhere we're camping. Sometimes we see each other at lunch. Sometimes we see each other at water breaks. Sometimes we don't see each other till camp. It's a mix. Yeah, that's the best yeah. of both worlds. Yeah, so you get your time for your thoughts. Right. And then you get your socialization going on at camp or yeah. lunch sometimes. Yeah, this is not a, this is not a question uh, in the hiking pole. You won't be scored down for any or, <laughs> or scored up for your answer on this. But when you're alone out there and you're hiking, I mean, what are you thinking through? What are you working through? I like to just meditate. And like in the, I spend mornings, like I'll do some prayer meditation. I try to just spend the like before lunch in just enjoying the nature and like no electronics and then whatever comes up, I don't really try to target a specific thought. I just, whatever comes up, we go with it. And then we figure if we need to stay there or move on. And then in the afternoon, 
those miles start to get a little long, that's when I'll throw on a podcast or an audio book and just some music and try to grind out to camp. Yeah. Got it. Question number six. I want you to put these in your order of preference from favorite to least favorite. One mile severe uphill, one mile, one mile severe downhill, 20 mile roadwalk. I'm going to go one mile uphill first. It got to the point on the long trail where I was looking forward to uphills. The downhills were so steep and then it was so wet and slippery. I wiped out so many times. I was a little joyful. To, and those uphills on the long trail are legit. Like you'll get some 1,500 footers in a mile types. So that's number one. I like going uphill anyways. I think I'll probably go road rock number two and then downhill number three. Okay. I still got some of those gramps knees. So like the downhills are just, (laughs) they just feel like they never end. Yeah. The downhills can be brutal. Yep. Absolutely. And I'm a little scarred, I think still from the long trail for sure. Yeah. Okay. Now let's see. Question number seven, last question in the poll. I already know the answer to this one as well, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it so you can share it again with everybody. What's on your head out there? Is it a ball cap, floppy hat, straw hat, sun hoodie, or no hat? I will do a, I will do a ball cap with a sun hoodie. So it just, that's on the out, out west. Sometimes if I'm going to be a truck above tree line, I still throw a floppy on, but on the long trail, I was like a ball cap with the sun hoodie as needed. We were in the tree so much. You really don't even need the, the sun hoodie part. So the hat was good enough. So that's my preference. though, was like a trucker cap or something like that. Got it. All right. Hey, it's time for the math portion of the podcast where I calculate your score. So stay tuned for that. Let's see. I've got to carry the two. We're going to multiply that by pi, divide by root five, and we're going to adjust slightly for the diameter of your splash zone. And I come up with a score of 54. That's not bad. With a 30-point deduction, that's not bad. Yeah, no, I think my wife would probably think it's a little high, but yeah, I'll take that for sure. She probably knows best, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's not into the hiking thing. She's like, go have your fun. I'll see you when I get when you get back. Yeah, she's probably not going to listen to this, so you can go ahead and tell me what your private trail name is for her. No. Actually, <laughs> she'll listen to it. She does support the hell out of me for this stuff, for sure. And then she even gave my buddy Luke the trail name Rugrat. That's how he got it. She gave it to him. Because he sent us his new shirt that he's going to wear. And she's, oh, he looks like a rug rat. And bam. <laughs> Stuck right there. Yeah. All right. Hey, uh, high profile. Before we get too far down the trail, let's back up a little bit and hear about your background, where you grew up, what kinds of uh, sports and hobbies you were involved in as a kid, and how in the heck did you get involved in the through hiking cult? Yeah, so I grew up in Ohio, just central Ohio, basically just south of Columbus, Ohio in the middle of the state. Not a lot of outdoor stuff. I can think of a couple times we went camping, like car camping. Pretty outdoorsy. I grew up in that, I think, the sweet spot of time where you, in the summer we just were like free. We just, we'd play baseball in the corner a lot. We'd ride bikes all over town. We'd put, build tr- tree houses, go swimming. Um, so we were outdoors all the time as kids, just roaming pretty wild, which is small town we you were able to do that a little and live on the edge of the country so lots of fields around to explore that's kind, and then sports wise i was i like to there's a youtube channel i follow called mediocre amateur 
which they're not mediocre amateurs. They're pretty badass. But I like the name mediocre amateur for me because I'm just I'm mediocre. Like I can do most things. Like I was I could play baseball and basketball and I wrestled soccer. I'm just not really good or great at it. I can do them, but I'm not great at like I'm not an all star in any of them. And then the biggest sport for me growing up was golf. I played golf all four years in high school. So that's probably that's about a good summary of what it was like growing up. Nice. What's your favorite club to hit right now? Because I don't play very much anymore. But growing up, it was the putter. I was I'm a I was a still pretty really good putter. It's just funny when I played a lot. The club I struggled the most with was the driver. Now that I don't play, I can I go out there and hit the driver better than I ever have in my life. It's amazing. Isn't that weird that that if yeah. you, if you don't play for a while, you seem to forget all the bad habits and you get yeah, up there exactly. and you hit them straight. We were I, I don't know if you heard the the audio the giveaway that we did from Jackson when we took a, a little family vacation. I didn't, I didn't catch that. One. Yeah, so we did it. We did a giveaway with Jolly Gear. It was with Jolly Gear. Mm-hmm. Did a giveaway and I brought we aired live from like a parking lot next to a golf course in Jackson. It was a lot of fun. But later in the trip, my son and his two buddies and I, we drove down to Idaho and found a course that was affordable and we got on that course <laughs> and I was I hadn't played in a couple of years and everything was just dead down the middle. My son was like I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's it's crazy. I I can't hit a sandwich to save my life anymore, but Everything else, I, like I'll go out and I'll still be able to break ninety on a round. Just haven't played in a year or two, and I think it's because there's no, I don't have any expectations, so I let the, I just have fun. Yeah, that I struggled with the mental aspect of golf when I was young. I, <laughs> yeah, I had high expectations that I didn't ever meet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't think of yourself as a mediocre uh, golfer. You had high expectations, yeah. and uh, you had to try yeah. and wrestle with that. Yep. Yeah. Now you, I guess the second half of the question about how I got into this, I was thinking about that, and I don't. As a kid, one time I was twelve years old. We did a they call it Goba. It's the Great Ohio Biking Adventure, and it's two hundred and fifty mile like road bike over seven days. I think there's some rest days in there. It's fifty miles a day, and we did that when I was a twelve year old with my whole family. And I don't know if that started it for me, and just because I still think back on that time fondly. But once I left home, I didn't really, because I spent 10 years in Florida in the military in two different spots. And I was, I remember specifically one time asked, a friend of mine asked if I wanted to go backpacking, where they were going to hike into the Ocala National Forest for 10 miles camp and then come out. And I was like, no, that sounds terrible. Why would I do that? But then what happened is I moved to Colorado. And then like at that time in 2016, when I moved out here, some vloggers started to get up pretty big or it was like Dixie and Darwin and I started falling on them and just it was you're so close to the nature here it just sparked that interest and then one of my adventure recommendations I'll go ahead and give it now is I saw a mile mile and a half which I'm sure you're familiar with and I was like I got to do this like that that thing was so beautifully done I was like I it just became a thing for me. I just knew right then after watching that documentary, I was going to do it. <laughs> yes, we've had Jason. Oh, I just drew a blank on his name. Jason Fitzpatrick. 
I'm not. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't I, uh, Jason. I apologize for blanking on your name. <laughs> We've had him on a couple of times. He is a great guy, and in fact, in four days, next Monday, I'll be going on their podcast. They've invited me oh, to go nice. on as a guest. To, so, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll need to look up his and then wait for that one and check out check that out. Yeah, yeah. Because yep. that was instrumental in me starting this uh, journey of outdoor for sure. Yeah, and those guys on mile mile and a half, they weren't just carrying their hiking gear. They're carrying all the. Yeah camera gear all the equipment yep. I, don't, I don't those bags weighed a ton yeah for sure because it was like professional high-end gear mm-hmm. that's that right it's pretty amazing yeah that's right now i have to comment on your setup over there you've got headphones with a microphone coming out of the the headphone did you steal that from your plane no i just hasn't when covid hit and we got to work we they moved us home i just went and had a pr- and bought a decent headset just for, I don't know. I, I It's the IT guy in me coming out. <laughs> Good. Nice. All yeah. right. Which is my next question. What do you do to pay the bills and finance your adventures and keep uh, Mrs. High Profile happy? Yeah. I, I'm retired Air Force. So I've been, re- I retired Air Force in 2019. So I got some pension money coming from that, which is awesome. And then I pretty much the next day, changed out my outfit into like civilian clothes and started working as a government contractor doing I, I IT management is the best way to describe I got it I'm a pro, program management now but it's all it's IT I get a team of about 20 different levels of IT and skill sets and some physical security so I'm just IT I'm a good IT manager not so much a good IT guy but I can speak the language and I can speak normal language, so I'm a good in- intermediary between the two. Right. And I can, yeah, not some IT people don't like dealing with people. I don't mind it so much, so mm-hmm. it's a good fit for me. Did you ever watch the great British comedy? I think it was only three seasons. It was called The IT Crowd. I have not. Oh, you got to check that out. Find, uh, I think it's on Netflix. Out. It is hilarious. Hilarious. IT crowd. The IT crowd. I'll, I'll take notes because I won't remember either. Yeah. And by the way, you are still on the hook for some adventure media later on. Even yeah. though you've already given up a mile, mile I and a half. Two. Okay. I'm ready. Smart. I'm ready. Smart. <laughs> All right. Hey, we're going to put a pin in the conversation right now. We're going to take a quick break, listen to the advertisers, and we're going we're to come back and hear about some, some of your adventures out there on the trail. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. That's mintmobile.com waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. From the backcountry to the backyard, we believe everyone deserves the highest level of protection. Since 1984, Sawyer Products offers the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, and water. Using time-released liposome technology, 
topical insect repellents, and new standards in water filtration. And with every Sawyer product you buy, you are helping to provide clean water through 140 charities in 80 countries with their long-lasting water filters. Every Sawyer product you buy is an investment in our common humanity. Choose Sawyer and keep the adventure going, knowing that their products have been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. Six Moon Designs has been innovating ultralight backpacking gear for the past 20 years. With a wide range of products ranging from ultralight shelters to backpacks and accessories like their extensive line of trekking umbrellas, Six Moon Designs is sure to have a great piece of gear for your needs. With the company philosophy being that gear should aid one's experience, not define it, Six Moon Designs thinks the more time people spend outside the natural world, the better off this world will be. And remember, go wild, live young. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is sponsored by Jolly Gear. Are you tired of compromising between the ventilation of a button-down and the full protection of a sun hoodie? With the Triple Crown button-down, you can have the best of both. Plus, their fun standout patterns will have you the talk of the trail. Visit them at jollygear.com. Through hiker owned Jolly Gear, where fun meets functional. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. And welcome back. Now, before we left at the end of segment one, before the break, I was fumbling around in my memory trying to get things straight. That, that's what happens when you get old, Greg. When you get past 42 and you get really into uh, Gramps' status, 
you, you start things all mixed together, names, places, events, uh, all kinds of stuff. So I just want to clarify for our listeners that the podcast that I'm going on uh, next week, which will already have aired, I'm sure, by the time this comes out, is on the Almost There Adventure podcast. And the hosts are Jason Fitzpatrick from The Muir Project, and you, you know him from Mile, Mile and a Half, as we talked about. And his uh, co-host is Jeff Hester from SoCal Hiker. He is the guy who created the Six Pack of Peaks challenge that uh, you may or may not be familiar with. I know it started off in California. There was a six pack of peaks in Southern California, and it is such. It has since expanded to all over the you know six peak of uh, six pack of peak challenge all over the country. It's, it's really regionalized, and I think there are even some internationally now. So, I've I don't know if I've heard it from you, but I've heard the term. I've heard of the term six pack of peak. I haven't peaks. I haven't looked into it, but I know I've heard of it. I just don't know necessarily where I heard it. Got it. Got it. All right. So you've been, you started in 2019, right? Yeah. With the Colorado trail. Yes. Now, did you just decide, Hey, I'm in Colorado. I've, I've been fascinated by this concept of backpacking. I'm just going to jump into this with both feet and see what happens. Or did you do some kind of build up preparation research? Tell me about that process from sitting in the chair to doing the Colorado Trail in 2019. Yeah, so my my first backpacking trip ever was actually me and Rugrat went up and did Hikes Peak. It's about, round trip, it's about 25 miles, but it's 77,000 feet of gain. So we went up to the peak, which is about 12 miles, and then hiked back down to Bar Camp, which is six miles back down the trail in the middle. And then we camped there for the night and then finished up. And then... So that was my first experience of backpacking. Not necessarily the best one to choose for your first trip, but uh, we made it, so all is well that ends well. And then the, I think the next year we did a two, three night, two day, two day, three day, two night segment of the Colorado Trail in the Collegiate East with Rugrat, my brother, his wife, and then my ex-wife at the time. We did that, so it was like 40 miles over the three days. And then now, was it your ex-wife at the time, or was she your wife at the time? And now she's no, your she ex-wife. was the wife at the time. Got it. Okay. I just wanted yeah, to. I wanted to figure out. Divorce on that trip. I wanted to figure out the. I wanted to figure out the dynamic on that trip. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now we were married at the time, um, but yeah. So then, uh, what the catalyst in 2019 for I retired from the Air Force that summer, so I had enough vacation. I went on what they call terminal leave, which is where. I, I saved up a lot of vacation, so I basically uh, had 190 days of vacation saved up where I was still getting paid. So my last day of work was June 28th, I think, and then I didn't stop getting paid until September 30th. So High profile, was, ter- terminal leave does not sound like a good thing. Right, yeah. <laughs> but it is when you're retiring from yeah. the military. Okay. It's awesome. It's glorious. <laughs> you wait for it and save that vacation little chunks at a time over 10 years to get the, that big chunk. So I was like, here's my window. So I roped in Townie and Rugrat, and July 15th we started. Okay. And how long is the Colorado Trail? It's four, 486 miles if, the, if you do the – I think it may have changed. They've – they're continually to work on that trail to 
eliminate any type of road walking or like dirt track, like or dirt road. So it's changed a little bit. They keep adding some more single track. There's not a lot of trail that's not single track, but they're continually in work to get right. So that mile not mileage might not be the same, but at the time it was 486. Now, previous to the Colorado Trail, did Rugrat and Townie have a lot of backpacking experience as well? Townie did. Townie had done the JMT the summer before. Rugrat had done some. He was out there with me on the section of the Colorado Trail at Smokies because when he was in Florida, he would go up there. So me and Rugrat were pretty similar. Townie was the leader of the Experience Clubhouse. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now you left, it's 400, 400 plus miles. You left on July 15th, you said? Yep. And when did you finish? August 13th. August 13th. So a f- almost a full month uh, out there on the yeah. trail. It was 30 days exactly. Nice. Um, and I will give Townie credit. She ran out of money and was like about two weeks in, she's like, I got to go. So she just took off and she finished a week ahead of us. <laughs> she just started doing 30 mile days through the night because she wanted to get done. So yeah, she beat me by she beat me by about a week. <laughs> Townie is serious. Yeah, yeah, she's a trip. I love her, love her. <laughs> All right, and w- what did you think of your first through hike? I hated it. That's especially. I remember about seventy miles seventy miles or so on the before the finish. We were sitting up on a pass having lunch. Ran into some people that were doing section, but they were former. I think AT hikers, they had done the whole AT, and they're like, so are you going to do this again? I was like, no, never, ever. And they're like, yeah, you may want to give it some time because I was just so hobbled. I just, everything, every step was so painful. But, and like they say, two, three weeks later, once I wasn't in pain anymore, I started itching for it. And we pretty much have done something every summer since, whether it's a shorter section or like the long trail or whatever or something we've done pretty we did a wind river high route attempts yeah so something every summer at least we try it so it's I, definitely in my bones now I, I i think that is so hilarious i can't tell you how many people i've talked to who their first experience is oh never again yeah and yet here yeah. i am talking to them after they've done so much more after that I and mean, it's yeah. just it's crazy yeah it it's a part of my soul now like it just does Something about being out there in nature for extended periods of time out of society just does, it just feeds my soul in a way that I didn't know was possible. Absolutely. Um, so I, yeah, I yearn for it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you have a lot of gear? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I probably have 12 backpacks sitting in my basement right now. 12 <laughs> backpacks. I just bought a new one actually. Like, uh, Light AF. I just got a light AF pack. I, that's the, I have, yeah, that's what I have the most of. I just haven't, I've liked a lot of them. I just, I'm just looking for the perfect one, you know? Okay. So it's not like an evolution, like heaviest to ultralight. You're looking for the right fit for high profile. Yeah. I've tried, I start with the Osprey, like most people start with. And then I, I went to a Z packs and then I was like, and then I tried a, a frameless and then I went, through some Gossamer gear ones, frameless and not frame or framed and frameless and had a Durson this year for the, which I really liked. It just didn't, the pocket in the back, the mesh pocket wasn't big enough for me. So CDT next year, hopefully. So I was like, let's try another pack. <laughs> Why not? So 12, what is the largest capacity of the 12? It's gotta be the, the 
Gossamer Gear Mariposa, I think, is a 60 liter. That's probably the biggest. Mm -hmm. And I plan on using that if I hit the PCT or JMT. Like anytime I need a bear canister, that's probably going to be a go to because I hear it just holds weight so well. So. Yeah, I don't get rid of them. I got. Yeah, I think there's use cases for all of them. That's good because if you got too small of a pack and you do the Sierras, you got to carry that bear canister under your arm, which is yeah, you know, exactly. that, that can be tiring. Yeah. All right. Ever yeah, trying? I love gear. I spend a lot of time researching. I've bought stuff that I didn't actually use because I found something different. Why that was in the mail? Like it's definitely my biggest hobby now. My wife never is surprised when a box shows up. <laughs> nice. I was going to ask what she thought of your gear collection. Does she think you have a yeah. problem? Yes, for yeah. sure. That's that's another reason why a high profile is so good because I'm like always trying to find the next greatest thing. I literally just sent my buddy, uh, Rugrat, today a DCF rain jacket. I was like, hey, is this my next rain jacket? <laughs> He's like, stop. <laughs> just tell your wife there are worse hobbies and worse problems to have, right? Yes. I mean, this is a nice, wholesome, clean hobby. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now, shameless plug for my sponsor. Have you tried a Six Moon Designs backpack? I have not. I was That was one of the ones I was looking at. I just opted with the Light AF. I, the, I like their back, the stretchy pocket. I need to get a bag of chips in there. They Theirs is really big. That's why I went with them this time. We almost, we might have stumbled across the episode trail name. All that and a bag of chips. Yeah, <laughs> you could tell Mrs. High Profile that th there is a discount code from Hiker Trash Radio for Six Moon Designs. If you're so yeah, inclined, if, it, if if you want to to give it a shot, let me know. Yeah, I, I this I won't be the last pack I get. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Do you keep all your gear out in the garage? No, I got a corner down in my like basement. Basement. It's like an unfinished part, so I got a little. I drilled hooks into the ceiling, so I got them all hanging throughout, and I got a table with gear and, like, first aid stuff and tents, and it's all – I got backpacker meals down there, and yeah, that I got is, a little bit of everything. That is the man cave. That's awesome. Yeah. I thought it's you were going to tell me – when you said not the garage, I thought you, you were going to tell me you had it all spread out in your bedroom. Yeah, I, I said, took over the main closet. <laughs> the wife's not too happy about it. But. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, highlights, lowlights from the Colorado Trail? The highlights is obviously the people just, and it's a beautiful trail. It's well-maintained. It's, there's, it's, there's so much of it above tree line. So you just get these vistas that are really second to none. The, the low light is for sure. Well, I got two low lights. Obviously the pain was just brutal. Like the last, I don't know. I was literally swollen from just below my kneecap to my toes on my right leg for two weeks afterwards. And my sister's a physical therapist. She said, if you would have come to see me, I would have put you in a walking boot. So <laughs> I pushed through t the last 10 days of the trail like that. So that was a low light. And then in Salida, which is one of the trail towns you hit at right at Monarch Pass, we went down to town, stayed in a hostel the first night. We zeroed. And it was busy, but it was – so my, me and my buddy was like, let's get it. We were heading back out the following night or the following day. She's like, let's get a – this is Rugrat – and he's like, let's get a hotel room and just have a nice quiet night. And I was like, yeah, sure. So we get this hotel room. And then, <laughs> no kidding, 1 o'clock in the morning, SWAT hits the next door room. Flash bangs the whole nine. I wake up from a dead sleep with a loud explosion and a woman screaming. I thought the hotel exploded. I go to look out the window, and there's a 
SWAT, full up M4 battle rattle. Get down. I was like, oh my, what is happening? I'm laying on the ground. So our nice quiet night didn't end up being so quiet. It you takes said- a while to go to... It takes a while to go back to sleep after the room next to you gets swatted. You said, we got to get back out on the trail in our tents. This is crazy (laughs) being in town. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next day we leave town, just tired. We start walking, run right into a storm. We're hunkered down underneath a tree and we just, it's like flash thunder. Just shake your body. And we're like, damn, that was close. And we start walking down the trail, get about, I don't know, a hundred yards and a tree had just been just exploded like splinters that were like 12 foot long, just like the whole top of the tree had fallen over like a hundred yards from us. And then we ran across a guy who was like little days confused and he was right there and he got hit by lightning. So it was a wild, like 24 hours, like really 12 hours. It was crazy. That's some scary stuff out there. Did you give him the trail name Sparky? Yeah, I Rugrat was the only one that saw him, so I didn't really get to see him, but he was definitely a little flabbergasted. He was bewildered for sure. Yeah, lightning is some dangerous stuff out there. I've heard some scary and yeah. some fatal stories about lightning. It's yeah, yeah. Nuts. And that's the one thing about the most dangerous thing about the Colorado Trail for sure, especially if it's out of the snow is the lightning because you're above tree lines for so long. I think there's a 40-mile stretch in the San Juans. I think it's 40 miles where you're above tree line for 40 straight miles. Something real close to 40 miles. It's, right. it's some hard, it's hard exposed hiking. Beautiful. Okay. San Juan's is my favorite mountain range of all of Colorado. Okay. Love it. So you go from 70 miles from the end and saying never again, this will never happen again to then going back out and doing some more. Yeah. Like I think the, the next year in 2020, we did a couple of things, and me and Rugrat did a couple of things in uh, Washington State, Enchanted Lakes, like through hike where you just you either it's hard to get a permit, so it's like a 20 22 mile day. We just did it straight through, just absolutely gorgeous. Where you just you go up, I think it's called Asgard Pass, which is it's seven five six thousand feet of gain in the first eight miles with the, the mile up Asgard Pass is two thousand feet, and the, but then you just hit this like chain of lakes where you're like plateau of lakes and you drop and then plateau of lakes and then drop. And it's just these blue mountain glacier lakes. They're just, it's just stunning. And then the following year in 2021, we did the wind river high route. Attempt, Um, attempt. I noticed it said attempt on it and not completion. So there's gotta be a story here. Yeah. So that's me, Townie and Rugrat biting off a little more than we were ready to chew. And it didn't help that Townie, I think she might have had COVID or just coming over COVID or she was pretty sick when we started. So we were behind the curve, but we just, we, the first day was okay. It was 18 miles, mostly on trail. The second day you go up to Wind River Peak, which is the highest peak in that range, 13, a little over 13. And then you come down the West Gully and you just recently had a Skirka episode. And like the comments on this one is like Skirka says it goes but should it? (laughs) (laughs) So it's like you lose 2000 feet in a mile and it's just every, every single thing you step on slides. So it doesn't matter if it's microwave size rock or like a bowling ball size rock. It's, it moves. You're sliding every step. And it was just so tedious. We did 
it was like 12 hours and we did 10 miles and it was just like, this is a little much for this time. Let's just, so we, then we went into the circuit, the towers the next day and just chilled and then hiked back out over two days. Yeah. So it was a little big for our britches, but it was still, it's, the winds are all just amazing. It's just gorgeous back there. And it's still now it's back there in the back of our heads when it comes up on, are we ready for that? Because Rugrats got the, the experience. He's a geologist by trade. So he's done a lot of like volcano stuff. And so he knows the navigation piece of compass and topos and stuff like that. So we had that down as just our physical levels weren't there in 2021. Yeah, a lot of first-time hikers who are preparing for hikes, they comfort themselves by saying, it's just walking. All we're doing is walking. And I think yeah. maybe non-hikers think that the, think the same thing, that I don't know what the big deal is. You're just walking out there. But if you are, if trail conditions are such where things are always moving, like you just described, yeah. or if there are a ton of, of rocks and roots, if it's a rough trail, or if you're post-holing in snow, trail conditions can make or break uh, the hike because you have to focus on every single foot placement and doing that for eight hours for 10 hours is brutal yeah and it's that's the thing with that because it's a route 60 percent of it's off trail and the off trail is not like you're walking through a field <laughs> it's like boulder size rocks that you're hopping so it's just you're never taking your natural kind of gait and you always you don't get to just wander your mind it's just and then you're just hyper focused so it's exhausting so that's and it was really, we realized on day two, as we were coming towards the end of our day of just a brutal day, this, these three people come cruising by us and they're like, yeah, we started this morning and we were on day two. And I was like, yeah, I don't think we're going to make it guys. Let's just rethink this. <laughs> and it's funny because you said it's in the back of your mind now, right? When, yeah. Oh, when yeah. you can't leave it be, I know you're going to go yeah. back at some point and say, we got to do at this some guys. Point for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. and then the next year you revisit the, the Colorado Trail. Which portion of the trail did you did you do? So I did the by myself. I did the first five segments. I went from Denver to Breckenridge, which is about a hundred miles, and then I, me and Rugrat went down to the Durango and started to hike north because Rugrat got hurt. I think it's about at this point he only has about twenty miles left in the middle to to fix, but he got hurt about hundred and forty miles from the end hurt his ankle real bad, so he had to get off trail. So we went down to Durango, and we're going to hike back to where he got off. And then he got blisters so bad um, that we made it 140 miles in seven days and then had to get off. And we're he's less than 20 miles to connect uh, now, so we'll have to go back out there. Fortunately, it's like the remotest part of the trail that's left. So so it's not um, just 20. yet. you got to do some walking to get to the 20. Yeah, well, or some long drives to get and then trying to link back to get yeah. the yeah yeah now where did the blisters come from i assume he's a he's an experienced hiker at this point right he's <sighs> he's wearing the right shoes he's you know what was different that caused these terrible blisters for him so rugrat i give him crap about this all the time but he decided he was gonna he was in florida he was gonna run a half marathon two days before we started our trail and for train for no like not an actual sanctioned race just i'm going to go run 13 miles and the sweat from florida cuz it's so humid started it and then it just it was some of the worst blisters i've ever seen on both feet it was like in the webbing of the feet and it yeah it took i think almost a month after we got off for it to completely heal it was bad <laughs> so i had to we had to call the 
we had to call my wife and she graciously came down. It was like a eight hour drive, day, like round trip for her to come pick us up. But she saved the day. She's pretty good at saving the day. Nice. It's good to have somebody reliable like that in your life. Fantastic. Absolutely. All right. And you just finished the long trail. Yeah, just we got off September 7th. So um, just over a month now. Okay. Yeah. And your hike was a little bit different than Oates' hike. Yeah. So <laughs> that was when I listened to that podcast, it was, day, and we started in the north and we went south. So we were in the thick of it. Um, and I was like, this girl is crazy. This trail sucks. <laughs> um, and I was, because we were supposed to originally, we were going to link up pretty shortly after that. And I had some pretty choice words for the long trail that I was going to tell you about. So fortunately for probably me and you, <laughs> the we've I've had some period now where the type two fun has kicked in and now I can think fondly back on it. But when we were originally supposed to meet, I wasn't too happy with the long trail. <laughs> um, we didn't realize it going into it, but this year Vermont was ridiculous with the rain. We knew there was some early season historic flooding, um, but it never stopped raining. They, it was, I think they were saying they had three times the average rain in Vermont. And it's already called Vermud, and that's like normal time. You know what I mean? It was, we, it was crazy how wet it was, especially the first 10 days. And it's just such a mental. And most of our hiking has been out west, so you we're used to these expansive views, and now you're in the trees, so it's a whole different it's a, you're, and it's harder hiking because there's no switchbacks. It's not graded for horse. It was just a whole different world for us. Now, the three of you, how do you pick and choose which, which trails you're going to do each summer? Who came up with the uh, long trail? I typically pick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the researcher and bring information to the table. and then. But really what happened is Monica's done the John Muir Trail, or county, has done the John Muir Trail and Colorado Trail. So they have this thing called the Mini Triple, which is the long trail. So it's the Long Trail, Colorado Trail, and John Muir Trail all share trail with the Pacific Crest Trail, Continental Divide Trail, or AT. So it's called the Mini Triple. So we're like, I was like, let's go get your Mini Triple. I heard some people call it, I think, the Mini Tiara is what some people were calling it. That's how we ended up on the Long Trail this year, yeah. The Mini Triple. I love it, and I, I yeah. now have a, a new addition to the bucket list. I've got the, the yeah. JMT out of the way, but I've got to do the Colorado, and I've got to do the Long Trail. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's – and I just – they say it's hard. It is a hard trail. Like, don't underestimate it. And I think you can make it easier. We, I mean, we did it in 17 days, which I think is – I think they say 20 to 30 days is – what they recommend. So we were a little bit on the fast side. I think if you keep it to 12 miles a day, it's probably much more enjoyable, but we were doing five to 7,000 feet of elevation gain a day, plus another five or so down. And then because everything was so wet in the flat spots, it was muddy. You just, like we were talking about earlier, you just never were taking your natural or you never taking your natural gait or not having to focus because you're always just focused on, and it's, the rocks are so slick because it's, they're like had moss on them from all the moisture. It was, you just had to pay attention. Otherwise, I fell, I wiped out full 
splayed out, throw food out of my hand into the trees, fought, fell like four times, five times. And then like half falls where you like catch yourself two dozen times. It was just cr- like crazy, crazy. That sounds brutal. Now a uh, high profile, when are you going to become, is it, would you be called a mini triple crowner? Yeah. I mean that we'll see because at some point I want to do the, the big three, hopefully, but uh, if not, I'll definitely, the JMT is just a matter of when, whether it's part of the PCT or just separate by itself or both doing it both ways. Because right now for next year, I'm hoping for the CDT. That's the plan. So we'll go from there. But it's definitely on the radar for sure. Now, Greg, do you have kids? I have a 20-year-old. 20-year-old. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I have a 20-year-old daughter who's in Phoenix. South of Phoenix. Okay, so she can pretty um, much fend for herself these days. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, the for she's the for pretty the, much on her own for the most part. Now, what yeah. is what does Mrs. High Profile think about you taking on the CDT? That's going to take some time. She, I think it helps that when I met her, I was planning the Colorado Trail. So she's since she's been in my life, this has been my a b- big focus of my life. You know so, what I mean? So you're saying this is what she signed up for? She knew what she was exactly. signing up for. She came in knowing that I was a little weird when it came to hiking and backpacks. (laughs) She so far has been supportive, and I think she knows it's I get to chase my dreams, and she's and it helps that at least for this first one, I'll be coming through Colorado, and she'll be here and be able to help. And I always make sure to take time to be whether it's like hotel room by myself so I can FaceTime her. So when I have opportunities, I make sure I take time to be with her in some way, whether that's FaceTime or phone call or whatever, you know what I mean? Smart man. You just don't go out for six months and not uh, contact exactly. her. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you come back and either the locks would be changed or the house would be gone. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When is your departure date? Got it planned out yet? Um, so we're, we'll go Sobo. Um, so we're looking... It'll depend on snow. I've just been, the forecast is saying El Nino, which should, if that does in fact happen, which should mean a lower snow year from Montana, which would lend to a hopefully earlier departure, like a mid-June versus a early July. Got it. So, Got it. Ideally, and, mid-June is what we're going to shoot for. Okay. And are you dragging Rugrat and Townie with you? Townie will be coming Right now, that's the plan. Rugrat will, I'm sure, come out and hit a section. He's pretty locked into his career and can't disappear for five months right now. But yeah, so he'll, I'm sure he'll be, or at least at a minimum, support us as we come through Colorado, no doubt. Man, I am excited for you. I can see it. I can see how much this means. I can see you light up when you talk about it, man. This is going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. I've been wanting to do it. And for, you know, like, I had planned the AT a few years ago. And then I got promoted at work, and then I'm now I'm just making it a priority to do it. I it clicked in probably about three, I guess it's two three months ago. I hired a guy, and he accepted my offer on a, like a Friday or Thursday night, and then passed away in a motorcycle accident on Saturday. And I was like, we're not. It like just clicked. You're not guaranteed anything. If I'm in a spot where I can make this try to chase one of my dreams, let's do it. And it just really set in for me that I may, I may not be given next year. Yes. Yeah. Let's, let's do it now. Yeah. And I, these things are so physically demanding. Like who knows what kind of physical shape I'll be in 
in three, four, five, ten years. Yeah, I don't want to be overly dramatic, but I think every day we're standing at the edge. You never know what's going to happen. Freak, freak accident, man. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Hey, high profile. You know where we are right now? Just a pro tip. Hiking, Hiking hacks. That's right. You're a pro. You know what's coming. It's, it's time for you to offer some trail wisdom to our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better. What do you have? All right. So this is super random. Like That's I said. right. This is the obscure uh, one. This is the random yeah, one super that, that everybody's so been tuned in for. Dying for, right? I packed um, resupply boxes for the long trail because it's a shorter trail. Four, four boxes I sent out and I was like, I was thinking every time I've gotten to town on trails before, then I got to buy a little bit of dish or detergent and a dryer sheet. And I was like, I'm going to just go ahead and throw them in the box. And I put the dryer sheet in a Ziploc thinking, yeah, whatever. The dryer sheets are super powerful. And those fla- the dryer sheet flavor, the scent infiltrated everything, all the food, the, my, the water filter I had sent out. So like I'm drinking like dryer filter scented water for the first couple of days, the food would have a little bit of lingering dryer filters. So don't do it or like multi package it. <laughs> it's like I said, really random, but if it happens to you, it sucks. Oh, I thought you were, I thought you're going the other way. I thought you were going to say, you know what? This is a, a unique new flavor to your food. It's like a, a new seasoning. Just pack yeah, a you- pack a dryer sheet in there. Yeah. Yeah, if you want mountain spring water flavor, just get a mountain spring thing and throw it in there with your water filter. It'll take care of it. <laughs> All right. that's You're right. That's obscure. That's obscure. That's yeah. a little bit random, but I like it. I like yeah. it. It's good yeah. to know. Yeah. Okay. So there you have it. We're just about done here. Hope our listeners enjoyed our time with Greg. I want to thank him for joining us this week. High Profile, how can our listeners keep up with you on social media and where can they find updates on your latest adventures? Yes, I'm on Instagram. It's outside underscore Greg, G-R-E-G. Outside Greg. Okay. Underscore Greg. Outside underscore Greg. That's what I I meant. That's what I meant. (laughs) Remember to check out Hiker Trash Radio on social media as well. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. And if you have comments or clips you want to share, you can send it to me at hikertrashradio at gmail.com. Off the beaten path. Now, unfortunately, Greg, we can't always be on the trail, and when we're not, we need to find a way to get our adventure fixed. So I'm going to ask you to share some outdoor adventure media besides Mile, Mile and a Half with our listeners to help them get by. This could be a book, movie, documentary. We call this segment Off the Beaten Path. What do you have? All right, so i got a website called masonalexandria.com. That's a person. Okay. Her trail name is Puff. I actually... I have followed her blogs for a while. She's hiked the PCT Nobo and Sobo, and she's hiked AT Nobo, and I just met her when we were on the long trail. She's hiking the AT Sobo now, and she has some pretty – some of her PCT blogs are like daily, like 1,000-word essays with pictures. So when I was stuck at work dreaming of the trail, when I found these in like 2021, 2020, 2020 and 2021 it was like it was pretty sweet and it was so detailed so there's a lot to like work through so it'll take some time to get through and then to meet her on the trail this summer was awesome and she was 
super sweet. And yeah, her, she was with a couple other AT Soboers and some of them are doing the CDT Sobo next year. So hoping to link up with them and for that hike next year. So what a happy coincidence meeting her out there. Well, that must've been fantastic. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Cause I mean, she was pretty, they started pretty late for AT Sobo. I don't think they started until August, July 31st, July 30th and August 1st, I think is when this group started. So, um, and then to like the chances of me meeting her, because um, I, was, I was following them all on Instagram because I like to follow a few hikers every year on all the trails. Um, and then they're like, oh, dang, I think they're in Rutland the same day we were. And then, yeah, sure enough, we saw them at the next shelter coming out of that town, out of Rutland. I was like, oh, I'm not trying to be weird, but uh, <laughs> I've been following you on Instagram. <laughs> awkward, cool. awkward intro. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Now you you read her her uh, her blogs while you're at work. Is your boss going to be listening to this episode? Do you think? I'm in a different spot, so oh, perfect, perfect. All right, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what have we not asked you? And before we wrap up tonight, just one more segment for you called, what have I not asked you that you're dying to tell us about? What do we miss? I will say one random thing that happened on the long trail. My shoes were stolen in town. Oh, it was a town. It was not the townie, but a townie. Wasn't a a townie. Yeah. We, our first town day in, oh man, I'm Jeffersonville. Vermont I we I set my shoes out because it had been wet the first three days we'd been out there so I set my shoes on the road like on the edge of the road to dry out walked over to the general store came back 10 minutes later shoes were gone which is really not good in small town Vermont because there's nothing there (laughs) so I had a hitch to a uh, hardware store which happened to have a pair of Solomons and wide not regular, so I had to wear wide Solomons for three days of and really brutal hiking. <laughs> um, and, was, yeah. that, was that so, a bare was that a barefoot hitch? No, I had my my slides. I do I do some camp shoes, but I will say another pro tip: if you have to hitch to a town like that, we tried it for about an hour without our backpacks. No joy. Went back to the hotel, put our backpacks on, went back first like. Three minutes later, we had a hitch. Have your backpacks. You're not getting a hitch without a backpack. Yeah, you know why? They, they thought you were yeah, home. They thought you were weirdo. homeless. Yeah, I thought you were weirdos <laughs> out there. And then they, oh no, they're backpackers. Okay, yeah, we'll what? we'll help the backpackers. Yeah, I even brought Townie because that's a, you got to have a girl with you because as a single guy, you're not getting picked up, especially without a backpack. I was like, I have Townie. She'll offset the weirdness. It didn't help. You need to have Townie stand by the side of the road and you're in the bushes out of sight. Exactly. And then when the car pulls over, you jump up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hey, that was awesome. We are finished. I want to thank you for coming on the podcast, High Profile. We wish you the very best in your upcoming Sobo CDT attempt. No, I'm not going to say attempt. You're going to do it. The whole thing, man. Yes. And we want you to come back and, and tell us about it when you're done. Absolutely. I'd love to. Okay. As we close up, any shout outs to friends and family? I know we've already talked about uh, Rugrat and uh, Townie and Mrs. High Profile. Anybody else out there? Yeah. So if if I'm on a 14er, we didn't really get to to those, but done 38 of those in Colorado. If I'm on a 14er, I'm with my buddy Jacob, a.k.a. Skinny Kitten or or Adam. I think he's one of the big cats. There's two big cats. He's one of them. The two big cats and Skinny Kitten. (laughs) Nice. So a lot of time in the mountains with those guys. My buddy Skinny Kitten just finished. There's 58 
14ers in Colorado. Um, for, depending on who you ask, 53 if you're a purist. But he just, on Saturday, we were just on top of Pikes Peak, and he finished number 58. So shout out to him. Congratulations to Skinny Kitten. <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. All right. Hey, thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is a trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if Rugrat has Florida-sized blisters in between his toes. The trail is the trail. Embrace the sock. Thank <laughs> you.